It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Back to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. It's Wednesday and I'm joined once again. We've got the band back together, John. It's yourself and Patrick McGilp. He's returned. No, it's good uh-huh. to see him. As, um, I, as I say, we, we always need a pipping boy. Good to have Patrick back. You've been away for a couple of weeks now. Talking of being away, Brennan Rogers has been away since February 2019 uh, in terms of Celtic Park dugouts. He was back last night. Was there any apprehension, Patrick, around the reception he was going to get for you? Uh, I, suppose, I think there is a bit. Um, I think, you know, the majority are maybe not happy to have him back, but, you know, content that we've got quite a good manager. Uh, not going to give him any stick, you know, clap him if, you know, the reception is, you know, as he did at, at kick off, um, taking taking the applause of the crowd, but um, it was a it was a warm reception. Uh, no trouble from what I could see or hear, and uh, as you say, you know it's been you know February twenty nineteen that mm-hmm. sort of relatively controversial Motherwell game. I think we won four one that day, um, and they scored a pretty dodgy goal. But I a, 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 a sort of shaky first half. You know, less said about that the better. But you know, a, a brilliant second half and a brilliant night for Jamesy. We did say that last night. It was a game of two halves. Uh, John, moving into it, you know, you, there was a little bit of apprehension because we've seen the, this is what social media gives you. It gives you a cross-section of opinion and, and reaction to his appointment as Celtic manager. Going into it, back on home soil, did you think there was going to be any issue that obviously was an issue, which we'll talk about in relation to some fans who didn't go to the game, but I don't think that was about Brendan, was it? Well, uh, I, first of all, I had no apprehension at all. I'd sort of, I, I thought that was all done. I, I wasn't even thinking about it, to be fair. 
Um, I didn't see anyone suggesting it or mention it. And um, I mean, I don't see what the point is at this stage. Uh, you know, I mean, he's not kicked the ball yet, or he's not. Uh, he's been in charge of. A, he's not been in charge of a real proper competitive game. So, you know, it's a bit early to give him any sort of stick. Um, so I, I thought it was done and dusted. I know there was guys that didn't go to the game. I haven't seen any official um, statements saying why that was. Uh, so, you know, I did look to see, because I saw other people saying it was a protest. I did look to see, but I didn't, um, you know, there was nothing official there. So as far as I know, there's just a section of guys that didn't go to the game. So people entitled to go to games are not plenty of people uh, wouldn't have been able to make it to a testimonial, uh, especially, you know, the cost of living crisis, all that sort of thing. People are struggling. So uh, going to an additional game, I thought that was a tremendous turnout for a testimonial, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought he did very, very well. I thought it was a real uh, show of respect for uh, James A. Uh, and uh, well-deserved show of respect because he's a proper Celtic man. Uh, so it was, it was good to see. Uh, I'd be disappointed though if it turns out that you know those absences were in protest at the manager, uh, because you know I mean I suppose you know the argument would be if you protest then you're protesting a, you know a competitive game which is worse um, you know but again you know James uh, deserved everyone's respect there so you know I think better to be absent than turn up and protest uh, vocally and turn it into something else entirely. Uh, so maybe they felt that was the best option, mm-hmm. uh, but as I say, I mean, I just you know, to me, you know, any protest at this point uh, is it's pointless. It's done. It's dusted. The, the choice has been made. He's not going anywhere. Uh, so you know, uh, whether you like him or not, it's irrelevant. He's a manager, uh, and we, we need to uh, suck it up and go on with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was interested to hear Brendan's comments post-match. He spoke about, I need to prove myself and win again. Um, and I like that, Patrick, because, you know, there's been loads of, loads of things said around Brendan Rodgers, his approach, the ego, the reasons behind him leaving, mercenary. We've heard it all. We've heard it all. And he was talking uh, quite honestly about his feelings towards a Celtic supporter, you know, that feeling of, the homecoming, coming back to the, the park. He was going on about, I've managed some big clubs, but the feeling's never been the same as it is here. And uh, what I was really pleased about was the fact that he's not resting on past successes, is he? He really wants to uh, move forward, push forward, and continue with the success and get better. Yeah, and those are the two messages that he keeps on um, sort of conveying uh, in all his interviews. You know, when he came and done the press conference, well, my daughter late June when he first arrived. Um, he was quite keen to stay, you know, both professionally and personally. It was one of the happiest times of his life. You know, his family were really happy in Glasgow. He obviously had a great uh, affinity with the supporters in his first spell, had a lot of great success in his first spell, but also quite keen to state that, you know, that's what's done is done. Um, you know, it was if you look at the squad, you know, in terms of players, um, it was so long ago that there's only five guys in the current squad that made appearances. Uh, in Brendan's last reign and I think he only signed one of them you know the other four came through the academy so um, you know what's done is done it was four and a half years ago and you know it's it's, it's a different challenge now you know we know we've got Champions League football we're coming off the back of a, a treble um, uh, it, you, you could say he's facing a, a 
a slightly more consistent uh, domestic challenge. You know, uh, our rivals were in a bit of a tough place uh, when they first arrived, and I mean they ultimately got better. And you know, I think I still think we're streaks ahead of them, to be honest. But um, the the rest of the Scottish League out with maybe Aberdeen and Hearts are pretty shoddy, and therefore you know other teams can mount title challenges without actually being that close to Celtic. Um, but you know, I think he's coming back, and I think he has to be coming back to make an impact in Europe. Um, I, I can't see the logic in it for him, unless he was, you know, sunshine and rainbows uh, in the land of milk and honey the last time. Um, but from a professional standpoint, he has to come back to do something in Europe because I don't think he's come back to win titles um, and win Scottish cups. As much as that would be a, a brilliant byproduct, and we obviously need to win the league to get back into Europe. But um, I think. You know, progress and looking forward and just looking where the rest of Europe going. You know, that's where the money is. That's where the future of football is. Um, so I think that's what Brendan will be setting his sights on. Yeah, without a doubt. And we're going to look at the performance, the quality of the goals, and then individual performances uh, with a view to saying, well, how do we line up on Saturday? Because I've said it before in relation to these friendly games, um, a, a testimonial match, obviously, uh, in the past has been something of an exhibition game. You've had guests playing, you know, Chick Charlie played for Celtic down in Manchester, and we've had Christian Daly, Jason McAteer playing for Celtic. Dalgleish came back and played for Celtic in a David Proven testimonial. Um, you've had all that kind of stuff. Alan Shearer being given a penalty for his testimonial in Newcastle. It was all a bit of nonsense. Last night wasn't like that, John. There was a competitive streak to it because we needed that competitive game under our belts, didn't we? Well, it was a proper game. I, I mean, I think maybe those testimonials took place later in the season or, you know, when people are not looking to get cropped and stuff like that. was an important game for us last night. But there's a lot of decisions to be made here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, and the manager is still trying to assess his squad, as, he, as we can see from the first and second half uh, teams. Um, and what it proved last night is he still has a lot of decisions to make. Um, there are a, a lot of quandaries. And there's also a lot of those decisions may well be impacted and should be impacted by stuff that's going on beside, behind the scenes that we do not know about. Because there is no point in playing someone who may well be out the door shortly. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't agree with that sort of the, the Ange uh, attitude where, you know, you keep on playing them right up until they walk out the door. If there is an able-bodied uh, future prospect, you play them, you know, uh, and uh, there is just no point in playing dead wood or guys that are going to be gone shortly. So there's some interesting, um, some interesting ones there. Uh, and I thought last night, there was an awful lot of guys who put their hand up and an awful lot of guys who put their hand right down. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's going to be, it's going to make for an interesting chat today. Yeah, it is, John, because it's like a game-to-game -game basis, you know. Um, you get the performances, and I was looking at a performance uh, of Hitati over in Japan and thinking, right, he's going to, he's ready to step up to this third-season level where he takes it uh, onto another platform. And then I've seen him against Wolves, and then again last night, I know he scored a cracking goal, but his passing has been all over the place in the last couple of games. He's, he just wasn't keeping possession. I know the quality that he's got, John, but, you know, these are important games, the Wolves and, and last night's games for prep. But the, the thing that really makes Hitati situation stand out is how good Maeda and Kyogo have been. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they. I mean, I don't know if they've stepped up another level, but they have certainly brought peak performance to pre-season. Um, they are playing tremendously well, and Hattie looks miles off at Hattie. Sorry, looks miles off it by comparison. Uh, so you know they're making him look bad. Basically, they have stepped up. He has not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know, and all those preseason games. I mean, even last night, you know. That goal he scored came from a mistake uh, by Bilbao. You know, he didn't create that. It wasn't a great pass or, you know, whatever. So that's not to say he can't do those things. We know he can. We know he's capable of being absolutely phenomenal. But what's what's been happening in the preseason so far is all the downsides of his game are being highlighted. Um, because right now, um, you know, you wouldn't trust him to hold your lunch money. Uh, never mind, you know, hold on to the ball. Uh, he's basically, um, you know, he's losing the ball all over the place and he's losing it in dangerous areas. He's trying to Hollywood pass time and time again when it's not on. But, mm-hmm. you know, not only is it not on, he shouldn't even be thinking about it. You know, some of the passing, some of his decision making has been ridiculous. You know, so it's all, for some reason at the moment, um, you know, he is just making all the wrong choices and he doesn't look on it at all. Um, and, you know, I suppose from Brendan's point of view, that the opposite is happening with David Turnbull. Yeah, David Turnbull is playing exceptionally well, uh, looks to be uh, at his peak. And, uh, you know, whether Hatati may do something brilliant or not, we cannot have a player who consistently loses the ball like that. It just uh, it puts us in the back foot so badly. It exposes us in transition, which is the most dangerous uh, time of the game. Uh, and, you know, he's it, it, leaving us wide open. Now, as I say, we can accept that before when the good was outweighing the bad, but at the moment, you know, it's not. Uh, so uh, I, I think if, if he was to, for me, if he makes the, the starting 11, he's making it on... Uh, past performance, he's not making it on current form. Yeah, we, we spoke, John, about you know the not not all the signings, but the first four, who we know, you know, st- had been in the works for a while and have come in. And talking about players being starters or players coming into bolster the squad, but all it takes is a few games like this, Patrick, for a player to jump the queue, if you like, because you can't continually um, play in such a, a manner. I mean. When he gave the ball away and, and it resulted in the goal, for example, and, and you're looking at Hatati, you think to yourself, the, the amount of ability that he's got. I mean, I, I am putting him on a platform here and saying he's going to take this to another level this season. But for some strange reason, and, and I'm hoping it's just taking him time to get going, the performances haven't been there. This will all be answered an hour before kickoff on Saturday as to what uh, Brendan Rodgers makes of it. Uh, but I do want to talk about the quality of the goals, one of which, of course, came from Rio Atati um, and the other goals coming from Bernabe and Turnbull. And I want to speak about those other two players individually. What about the quality of the goals? Though? Rodgers' side uh, really are turning on the style when it comes to a lot of the attacking play, Patrick. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think in my opinion, the second goal is the pick of the bunch. Um, three really great goals, obviously. You know, Atati outside the box just places it in the corner. Um, you know, it's a clever one-two between Turnbull and O'Reilly, and then they sort of let Bernabe in and he puts it through the keeper's legs. And then, um, you know, it's it's good play and a good cutback and a, an amazing finish by Turnbull for the third goal. And, you know, 
Turnbull's one of these guys that I think if Andrew's still at the club, I, I would be you know, sort of waving him out the door. He'd be one of these players you think you're just not getting in the side, mate. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, obviously Rogers' team is a lot more focused on passing and less, you know, less press and less running. Still, obviously, has a role at top level professional football nowadays. Um, but you don't need the, the the whole eleven doing it. So you know, Turnbull, you know, his quality's been shining through. He's been playing a lot this preseason. I think he's been playing pretty well. And you know, after after last night, I'd be tempted to start him ahead of Atate in the in the midfield three against um against Ross County on Saturday. But you know, three phenomenal goals, obviously. Bit of a disaster first half. We conceded the two goals uh, in the first half, both coming from mistakes. Um, you know, I, I don't really fancy a at right back anymore. I think that experiment has to end very quickly. Um, but no, I can definitely see you know those two in particular, Turnbull and Burnaby. You know, really played themselves into the side this preseason, and I would I would give them the jersey eh, on Saturday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Now, before we go through that, and we'll do it bit by bit, obviously, all the way through the team, you see where we are, John, with uh, performances, experiments, players playing out of position. Um I'm going to take a, a point from Jungle Lion. Jungle Lion has made this uh, comment due to the fact that he's subscribed to the channel, which allows you to comment on the live stream if you want to do so. Get on the YouTube and, and get subscribing on there. It's all free, of course. Jungle Lion, yes, it was James Forrest Knight, but in reality, he won't kick a ball much for Celtic this season. What is his role, John? What, what's James Forrest's role this season? I think, what is he, 33 games off hitting 500 competitive appearances for Celtic. You would expect him to hit that total unless there's a disastrous injury-strewn season. He's, he's going to be in and out the side, of course. What, what's his role for you? Well, I mean, he's won 11 titles in, what, 13 years? So he can have any role he wants. He, he, he can sit in the corner and you can rub his head as you go out onto the park for good luck, for all I care. Um, you know, he, he's, um, you know he's, his record is unbelievable. Jungle Line is, of course, right. I think we're all aware of that. That's, um, you know, we now have. I mean, we thought Abada was out the door, so we've now signed. We've now signed. We've got a team full of right wingers, so um, we have. Uh, we, we've signed two right wing replacements already. So, Jamesy, everyone being fully fit, I'd say Jamesy is already fourth choice. Um, you know, is likely to be fourth choice because they want to develop the young fellas. That's what the future is for the club as well. To develop them, you know, whether they turn out brilliantly for us or not, uh, we need to give them a chance. Uh, and, you know, again, players don't develop and add value. We're a trading club. They don't get better if you don't play them. So we've got to play these guys. 
we know what James offers. Um, he might get some runs in the cup or, or what. So, um, you know, but realistically, uh, he's going to have a very limited role. Uh, and that's no disrespect to him. You know, he looks competent still. I think he could probably do a, a good job at another club uh, still. Uh, I just don't think it's going to be with us. Um, however, you know, loyalty reward should reward loyalty. He is a, a one-club man, effectively. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you would want him around the place as long as possible. But, I mean, you know, that sort of sentimentality, that's just me being sentimental, and that sort of sentimentality can, in fact, erode morale because there are big guys there looking more money and thinking, you know, oh, it's getting wasted on a guy who's not performing or isn't going to, um, you know, isn't going to uh, play many games. So it's difficult. You, you have to be careful to, you know, to balance that sort of thing. So I wouldn't want to be overly sentimental. I would like to see James get some games, but, you know, we're short on the left. It was interesting to see a bad go on left last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually thought he was good. Uh, he looked really good, but I think that's generally just because he's looking very sharp at the moment. Yeah, um, he is. You know, he is, and he's looking so sharp, in fact, you wouldn't want him to be an understudy to Maeda, even if that's, you know, uh, very plausible. But it's great to have that flexibility. But uh, at the moment, uh, two of the best players in the team are our wingers. Mm-hmm. You know, Maeda and Abada are both looking really, really good. So, James is on the back foot, I'm afraid, and Yang comes on and looks pretty competent, although he missed an absolute sitter, really. that The, the ball from Burnaby was an absolute peach, um, curling over around the top of the defence right on him, and uh, it was a hell of a miss, but, you know, early early doors for the young fella. Um, uh, so, but you know, as I say, I, I I hope James is at the club as long as he wants to be at the club within reason. People might think that um, I'm contradict myself on on this one, Patrick, because I'm looking at uh, the fact that J- Jamesy Forrest is currently on 22 gongs at Celtic, isn't he? 22 honours, and that's the same as Scott Brown, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, just behind him, I think on 20 is is uh, Callum McGregor. And the only players in front of them is Billy McNeil on 23 honours and Bobby Lennox on an incredible 25, the most decorated player in Celtic's history. Uh, however, there is an opportunity there for Jamesy Forrest to jump up to 25 this season if we uh, replicate what we did last term. And people might say to me, well, you can't be sentimental with James if you're not going to be sentimental with other players because I've made it pretty clear if you don't contribute at Celtic, I don't think you should be there. James McCarthy is the example I use. Um, the go- the two goalies, uh, both of whom played last night, they've not really been contributing. You know, 75 games in five years for Scott Bain, two games in a season for, for Segrist. So, you know, on the one hand, I say if you don't contribute, you, you shouldn't be here. But on the other hand, I look at Forrest and I think, what does he bring to this? And I think he does bring, um, as well as the bags of experience, I think he could bring on a player like, let's say, Yang. He's just came into the club. I don't think Yang's going to be looking at Abada, um, you know, in terms of taking a taking him under his wing as such. He might look at him as a player and that might inspire him. But I would expect Forrest to do a bit of work in that respect, Patrick, you know, to allow a young player to come in uh, and to kind of mentor them through maybe the first season, as Beaton did with Abada, obviously different positions. Uh, but there's a lot to be taken from having a player like Forrest at the club, but he needs to contribute as well. 
He needs to get to, I would say, 30 games, 35 games this season. Not all starts, obviously. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, you know, it's very important to have guys like that, you know, sort of around Lennox Town, around Celtic Park, guiding young players and, you know, handing out sort of bits of advice. Um, but, you know, at the same time, if you're paying these guys, I imagine, you know, with, with his extension he got last summer, he's probably still on, you know, 15 grand a week, there thereabouts. So that's a that's a lot of money for Celtic to, to shell out in a year for a guy who, you know, if he's not playing, he's not scoring, you know, just giving out advice. But, you know, I think he scored, I think he scored five or six goals last season. I think one of them was a hat-trick. Um, you know, obviously since COVID, his career's not been quite the same as what it was before COVID. Before COVID, he was, you know, I think our second top goal scorer three years in a row or something. Um, obviously, 10, 15 assists every season as well. So contributed massively to, to the, the quadruple treble. Um, really fast player. Obviously, as he's getting older, that's going to be less so as well. But I think, you know, one thing, and we, I think we've spoken about it on this show almost weekly for the past three, four months, is the UEFA uh, homegrown quota. I think you need four from your club and four from other clubs in your league uh, or something like that. So you need eight Scottish players and... It, it really is becoming quite the conundrum for us because, you know, you look at guys like Callum McGregor, Greg Taylor, and then after that, you really are looking at guys like Forrest, Ralston, Scott Bain, even guys like Mikey Johnson. And obviously, working through young players is obviously what we need to be doing to, to, to meet this quota because, you know, you're, you're left with a sort of financial take on it where are you better off keeping James Forrest around on, say, 15 grand a week or trying to get a Scottish player who isn't even that good? you're going to have to spend money on, who you're going to have to pay the wages for just to meet this quota. So I think it's I think it's a good bit of business to keep James around. Um, you know, as John said, he's contributed so much that, you know, as long as he's contributing still, he should be allowed to stay at the club. Um, I can't see him leaving. If I'm being honest, I think he's got two years left. Uh, I think he'll probably retire and take up a coaching role. Um, if I was to guess, uh, I just, I can't really see him playing for another team. And, you know, he's been a great servant. And uh, I was looking there, um, I think, you know, his top 10 appearances, uh, number 10 has got 588. Uh, I'm not sure he'll get there. Callum McGregor might get there, but I'm not sure he'll get there. Uh, he'll probably beat Callum McGregor over the line for the 26 major honours. He'll probably, for maybe a season or two, hold that record. Um, but I think um, Cal McGregor's five-year deal is probably going to be all conquering. Um, but, you know, two amazing servants to the club and uh, two fantastic players in their day. You know, it, it's it's sensational, really, John, when you consider that within the realms of 20-plus honours, you've got players like Scott Brown, who just recently left Celtic. You've got Forrest and McGregor, and it's an indication, really, of that domination we've enjoyed in recent times, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, you have to factor in that exact point. We have been uh, extremely dominant and. um you know, especially in the last 13 years or so. Um, so, uh, I mean, there is a reason for that as well. We have to acknowledge that reason. So, you know, the team that would have been our main competitors uh, was liquidated uh, and then uh, come back as version two. It took them a while to do that. So um, we didn't have them really to compete with or worry about. So obviously there was going to be a period there uh, where uh, we were more likely to win than not. Um, so that said, still needs to be done. You still need to beat everything that's in front of you. It's not the fault of the players, the manager, or any of the, the you know the, the executive team or anything like that that another club went bust. 
So all you can do uh, is win and keep on winning. And, you know, as we've noticed uh, since uh, that particular club uh, version two has returned, um, it hasn't really changed anything. No, I mean, we've just carried on. Mm-hmm. Uh, from, we've just carried on winning. So, uh, you know, it's, it should should that be a caveat? Maybe not. I don't think so. I think it's just that the, the nature of the, the cycle of football, sometimes certain clubs are dominant for a period. Uh, I, I think we're going to continue this domination. I, I cannot see, um, certainly, you know, off the field, uh, us imploding, um, you know, which is still a likelihood for other people. So I, I think we continue this domination. And again, I think Brendan Rodgers probably thinks that as well. Uh, I think that's why he's back at the club. Um, and uh, because it gives him a platform, a stable platform, uh, to go on and try uh, and uh, make progress in Europe. You know this uh, earlier on, Patrick was talking about the challenge, if you like, uh, from elsewhere, and you also spoke about you know Aberdeen and Hearts. I would maybe throw Hibs into that as well, into that equation. Last season, what you were seeing is managerial changes for all, all those clubs, and and quite frankly, looking at where they are right now, the only club I would be at this stage confident in not changing their manager, Patrick, would probably be Aberdeen, based on how well Barry Robson did at the end of the season. You would expect him to to do pretty well this season as well. But you look at Hibs, you think to yourself, is Johnston really going to see out the season? You look at the situation at Hearts, do they even know who the manager is between the two of them? Um, and then obviously Dundee United, who I always regarded as a, a strong side, probably due to in fact, definitely due to Matt Era growing up and they were a strong side. I mean, they're, they're just a basket case as well. So all these other clubs don't seem to have their, their backyard in order. And uh, Celtic, obviously, are just looking after their own their own uh, situation with regards to recruitment, finance and, and everything else. Um, one thing I need to bring up as well, Tony Cassidy mentions it, uh, nice team athletic club. And there has been this friendship, you know, gathering pace over the last few years, Patrick, I know that we did play a game, a friendly match uh, against them over there when Neil Lennon was in charge first time round. We wore the the all lime green kit. You'll remember Freddie Lundberg played that night. In fact, Tony Stokes was the captain that night. Uh, it was a while ago, Patrick. Uh, but obviously, that friendship has developed, and there was the 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 uh, the honour of 2019 uh, when the One Club Man Award was presented, obviously, to, to Billy McNeil. And last night, representative, representatives of the club laid down flowers at the at the statue at Celtic Park. It looks as though we have a friend for life here. This is a club, this is a friendship that both the fans and the club are going to continue. Yeah, um, you know, lovely club. Um, it's It's... It- Actually, incredible, you know, what they're doing in Spanish football. The fact that they only pick players from that Basque region and they're still able to compete at like the top end of Spanish football. It's, it's an absolute, you know, it's almost a miracle. Um, what, what the club's able to do. Obviously, um, you know, it, it really sort of, as you say, sort of sprouted in uh, 2019 when they honoured uh, Billy McNeil and, you know, unfortunately passed away, I think only a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's it's a fantastic friendship to have, you know. It's a fantastic club, um, you know. That they had their fans in, in the home end in some areas, and the away fans were like they were jumping about celebrating Celtic goals and stuff. So it's a it's a well the third Celtic goal anyway. Um, so it's a it's a fantastic club, fantastic friendship, and um, yeah, delighted. Um, you know, 
I don't think we've ever played them competitively. Um, I know my dad. My dad always talks about playing Real Sociedad back in the day, and um, I think they were always quite surprised when Celtic. I think they clapped them and uh, flew the Basque flag during a pretty controversial period of time. Um, my dad always tells me that story, so it'd be good to get them competitively and see how we do. Um, you know, if we play like we did in the first half in a European fixture this this season, I think we're going to end up five nothing down at half time. But um, aye, fantastic club. A fantastic night last night, and yeah, hope they, hope they do well in Spain next season. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles; we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This, Your this dad must happens. be in his 20s by now, Martin, no? <laughs> Mid-20s. Mid-20s, John. Um, he he plays it, more football than I do, so he's, he's probably still fitter. He's doing all right. He's probably younger than me. Um, but see, the thing with jo- with these clubs, John, is often often it's the clubs that, that uh, create that friendship and, and that gathers momentum and sometimes it's the fans and I'm thinking obviously of uh, St. Pauli as well over in Germany and how that developed it's a great story, sometimes it's due to you know having a, a similar state of mind politically uh, in relation to the two fan bases or the groups of fans who were able to link up but it takes me on to another point and I want to hear your thoughts on it John because obviously you're over in Ireland and um, Celtic visited uh, the Aviva just last week to play Wolves um, 28,000 at the game there's been a lot of talk about you know cost the costings of the tickets the fact that I think it was only announced at that venue 19 days before the game was played um, but Celtic have been named in the top 50 um, global football brands however um, there's a feeling there's a sense that we could do even more. We could engage more. We could build that a lot better in places like Ireland and obviously on top of that, places like America, Australia and Japan. What's your take on it, John? Yeah, well, the first thing is uh, uh, Bilbao, uh, sorry, just to go back to that point, uh, Bilbao are a team really uh, to be admired greatly. Uh, they only allow the Basque players, as, um, as Patrick said, and they're only one of three teams never to be relegated um, from La Liga. Uh, they have set out that benchmark, so they clearly care far more about uh, their club's community values than they do uh, about uh, the, the pursuit of footballing uh, success. So for me, that's to be greatly admired. I'd like to think our club shares similar values, but we do share the similar values, I think, in terms of, uh, you know, being a, a sort of larger community club, but we definitely don't share the same value in um, saying that we'll sacrifice all, you know, success 
uh, for that. Uh, so for me, they're to be greatly admired. Mm. And in terms of the branding of the club and going for, uh, yeah, I mean, 28,000 was a pretty decent uh, turnout given the fact that it was only a few weeks' notice or a couple of weeks' notice and the All-Ireland finals the next day, mm. which made it very, very difficult to get, uh, I mean, you weren't getting staying in Dublin. They were all booked out everywhere. You know, if you were staying somewhere, it probably wasn't in Dublin. Um, it made transport very difficult. It made everywhere sort of congested. Um, it made the prices all through the roof. Um, so it, it was uh, pretty decent, but I don't think there's anywhere near enough uh, done, especially in relation to Ireland. Not anywhere near enough. And I've said this uh, previously. Um, you know, since the Premiership, uh, the English Premiership took off, unless the uh, unless the, the family of young people coming up have a Celtic connection, they are not Celtic supporters, and they're not going to be. They're uh, Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, they're all EPL. They're not watching our game, and nor are they interested in it. So if we don't want to lose, basically, uh, we, just lose, we just age out. Uh, in in Ireland, uh, then we need to do far far more, uh, you know. And I think it is just taken for granted. We have a huge number of uh, travelling fans and so on. Uh, a lot, you know. There's a, a obviously, you know. I think there's a, there's a lot more in the north potentially. Uh, you know, the, the south is a much larger population, but the you know in terms of the. Uh, the number of travelling fans, I'd say there's an awful lot from the north. Um, so, you know, in, in the south, there's just, you know, GA, remember, is extremely strong here as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of kids coming up are participating in that constantly. So it makes it difficult, you know, then to get to travel and watch games and so on. Um, the availability of easier ways to watch the games is... is uh, paramount I think um, so I think Celtic have a real job of work to do and I don't think perhaps that they appreciate how important that is at the moment um, and how important it could be down the line um, because I, I I think it is you know it will gradually just drop off you know it's, it's very well to claim Irish roots but if you don't do anything about it mm-hmm. You know, if, if you if you don't acknowledge the fans, if you you know, if you don't do anything to go and play in front, of them, it should be compulsory to play at least one pre pre season game. There. You know, totally agree. Uh, totally agree with that. So you know, it should be absolutely compulsory, and there should be exhibition games, and they should be sending the B team over, or you know, whatever it is. But there should be far more effort, far more effort. Um, and what harm does it do is to try and um, build? much closer relationships with lots of League of Ireland clubs. You never know what um, quality of players you might get. Um, so, I, I, and, um, you know, like, I, I just think it's much like, and, and Liam would go on about the Japanese end of things as well. I think there is much, much more to be done. Yeah. I mean, even we things like going up on a Monday morning to Celtic Park to film A Wander Around Paradise is great. Obviously, it's getting me my, my 10 or 15 minutes exercise first thing on a Monday morning, Patrick, which is really important when you get to my age. Um, but also you're taking a walk around and it's a different place. It's a different environment when there's nobody there, it's like when it's not match day, but you still get the same vibe. I mean, on Monday there, I'm thinking about 
the following night's game and, and what it's going to be like. And there's a special feeling in and around Celtic Park regardless. But there's loads around that stadium. You think to yourself, Patrick, you know, even just the, the big breeze block walls, um, you know, underneath the old jungle, all the way down there, fill them with history. Fill them with history because that stadium is visited so often. Every single day of the week, 365 days of the year, but people from all over the world. Just uh, last Monday, there was a couple of Americans uh, waiting outside the, the Superstore for it to open. Had a wee chat with them as well. But people are visiting the stadium all the time. That wander round paradise should tell you all about the history. You know, you could have murals on the wall. Look at some of the beautiful murals in Glasgow City Centre, Patrick. Imagine having, you know, the, the story all the way around Celtic Park. So there's loads of suggestions we can make to, to you know, celebrate the history, but continually build, though, you know, the relationships with people who are important to the club. Definitely. And you look at um, underneath the concourse where um, the standing section is, you've got um, fan-painted murals of, you know, legends like uh, Willie Maley, Tommy Burns, Jockstein, all these guys, uh, Henrik, uh, Jimmy Johnson. I mean, and it is, it's it's absolutely beautiful. And I know, I know the home kit is allegedly inspired by the, the glass window that used to be above the door. It's not... The ones underneath the concourse definitely are because it's the same colour and the same pattern. Mm. The, the home top is inspired by, from what I can see, a lizard. Um, it's lizard skin, our home top this year. Um, it's, I hope it's, it's not, not a, a subliminal. It's not a subliminal <laughs> message, is it? Bye. I know. I know, God, I can only imagine the conspiracy series will be on this. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, I think this has to be, I, I'm going to say it has to be fan led, but obviously you need the club's, um, you know, sort of like, permission and assurances to do stuff like that but um, I think that the, the club should get that permission and then invite fans to yeah, um, not not graffiti but sort of paint and sort of decorate outside the ground I mean we've got like I think we've got two massive car parks either end of the ground and obviously we're used to park cars but I think there was talk of a fan zone um, I want to say it's uh, the Lisbon Live stands I get the stand name stand names mixed up but there was talk of a fan zone and nothing's really happened and the Celtic way is wonderful it's a fantastic um, sort of facility to have in front of the stadium, but um, as you say, there's there's a lot more room for artwork, and uh, I think John's spot on. I think we should play at least one pre-season game uh, every season, if not every second season, uh, and you know, have Irish teams at Celtic Park. I mean, we played Cliftonville in the Champions League, I think, ten years ago now. Um, so it's it's good to have have teams, and you know, obviously a lot of Celtic fans in the north as well. Um, but you know, I think I think we should be making the trip, and you know, as you say, twenty eight thousand. You know, people might think you know fifty thousand seater stadium, it's half empty. But as you say, it was only thirteen, fourteen days notice. Um, mm. I, I, you know, I, I didn't go. I don't know what the price of the ticket was. But uh, as John says, you know, all island final the next day. Dublin isn't the cheapest place to go for a night, so I think we've done really, really well, and um, it's important to keep that connection strong. Yeah, let's keep building it, you know. Thousand strong on the live stream. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. It's always an absolute pleasure to uh, get on here at half past 12 of an afternoon and engage with uh, those who like to talk about Celtic for an hour every day. Stephen Donnelly's one of them. Um, you're commenting on the YouTube. Afternoon all. Enjoyed the game last night. Well, the second half performance. Anyway, yes, Stephen, it was definitely... Uh, an increased uh, tempo. There were some great performances, I felt, in the second half. And let's talk a wee bit about that with a view, Patrick, to Saturday's game. 
the curtain raiser. We'll start off at the back, shall we? Joe Hart didn't make an appearance last night. Segrist and uh, Bain got a half each. Where are we with the goalkeeper? Up to this point, I've been saying Hart's still the number one, but I'm not happy with the numbers two and three. We need to get in a, another goalkeeper. Where, where are you with regards to the goal? I'll start with yourself, Patrick. Um, I don't want to sound greedy, but I'm not really happy with any of them. Um, I've never really been a big fan of Scott Bain. Uh, Seacrest seems to be a, a you know a, a, a puzzle, yeah, a bit of a conundrum. Um, and you know Joe Hart, as we keep on saying, he's okay. He's a lovable guy. He's a great shot stopper. Can he really save a penalty? No use with the ball at his feet. Uh, prone to a mistake, and he's only get he's only getting older. I think he's thirty six. I want to say. So um, I've been really excited by the Lavakovic thing. A bit like Tierney, it's one that isn't going away. Um, but you know, to answer your question. Um, I don't want to base it off 45 minutes I'd be tempted to go with Scott Bain uh, at the weekend and uh, a bit controversial I'd go with uh, Burnaby at left back and then Carter Vickers Starfield and Ralston uh, for the defence You're throwing the controversy that is also after you've uh, single-handedly set up the David Icke CSC as well Patrick <laughs> with uh, regard to your lizard's comments as well uh, John, we've got the full back five from Patrick, I mean Burnaby Listen, I think in the pre-season, even in the, the little bits of content we've seen at uh, Portimonense, he set up a goal, didn't he? He set up the goal for, I think it was um, Summers. It was crossed in by, by Vata, but he got the secondary assist. He's looked really, I don't know, he seems a wee bit more natural to the position, John. Is that because it's a slightly different way of implementing the left back? Where are you with the defence? Patrick's given us his back five. Yeah. Uh... I think Patrick's right uh, uh, to be concerned about the, the, the goalkeeper position. I think everyone is. Uh, and I'm even more concerned now because uh, based on what we've seen so far, I agree that Bain should be in ahead of Hart. Uh, Hart has had a, a shocker in near every game. He said, he said at least one mistake, serious mistake, in near everything that we've seen so far. So um, Bain looked really assured last night, um, and I think that's worrying in terms of you know if we're saying Scott Bain's our top man, um, you know that's a bit of a concern. But he currently is on form. Yeah, I, I, I hate to play players based on you know how they played last year or all the rest of it because it's deeply unfair. Um, you know, you're either playing well now or you're not. You have to play the forum players. Um, and as for Burnaby, uh, the difficult thing is, it, you know, Taylor, for instance, has been poor up to this point, but he played pretty well uh, last night. But then Burnaby came on and added uh, like a whole different dimension of just, you know, swashbuckling attack. Uh, and, you know, mm. he was showboating at one point. He was doing big dummies in the middle of the field. Um, you know, he was running riot. So if you give him space, uh, he's uh, tremendous. Um how effective is he in, uh, you know, in the confines of, you know, against Ross County, against the park bus? How effective is he? Because there is no space. So do you need someone who plays the system much better, like Taylor, who can make a better pass through uh, and will just be more consistent in his performance? Uh, I, I, I think most managers probably default to conservative. So I think in, until such times as Burnaby has proven that he can defend against guys who are going to target him because they know his defence is weak. 
then we're going to see Taylor uh, in position until such times as we get a new left back, which I'm also hoping we do. Goalkeeper and left back are two of the positions we're hoping someone comes in to improve on. Uh, Carter Vickers, I noticed he was getting really lauded uh, last night, and he did in his own individual performance. Most of it was excellent. I actually felt Carter Vickers was responsible for putting a water under pressure. Uh, he was taking a long time to look up and assess his options and then dumping the ball off to Awata, who clearly wasn't fit you know, to deal with that sort of ball. Um, Awata is not a right-back. Nearly his entire career has either been centre-back or defensive midfield. At the senior level, he's played right-back, I think, twice. Um, so he played it a lot when he was a kid, but he hasn't played it, the, I think, in the G1. Uh, he played it maybe twice. So... He's not a natural in that position, and he doesn't look like a natural in that position. So putting him under pressure, you know, playing an playing an out ball, you know, when you're being closed down, uh, I I thought Carter Vickers actually put him in difficulties a couple of times. Um, so you know, but no one's going to dispute Carter Vickers as well. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you, someone on my Twitter, <laughs> and this might be a completely exclusive. The, the only exclusive opinion on a player I've ever heard uh, was absolutely convinced that Starfield was significantly better than Carter Vickers. And I think that may be a, a one-man opinion. Uh, for, uh, you know, I've heard some you know interesting debates at times, but that's one that I just think that's just one guy, one guy with a very significantly uh, large actual uh, Celtic following. Uh, on Twitter, but I, I was just I was taken aback by that one. Anyway, um, yeah, whether we're playing Starfield really depends to me on those machinations about what's happening. Mm. You know, is, is he is his agent trying to get him out the door? Is he trying to get out the door, <clears throat> um, or is it a genuine fight for that position along with Big Rocky? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if it is at the moment, uh, I think neither of them have played particularly. You know what have they done? Forty-five minutes apiece um, with him and Rocky. So you would need to put Starfield in there. Um, I think he's just more up to speed. Uh, the boy uh, now Rocky, uh, he uh, played uh, well last night. His distribution was excellent, which I was expecting because I had seen uh, the, the clips of him, and his distribution did look excellent. Uh, he was beaten for a couple of headers, uh, so I, I would be having Starfield in there unless Starfield's going to be out the door. Um, in which case, there's no point playing him. We just need to play the boy Rocky, and that's the end of it. Um, you know. So, um, but it's a, it's an interesting one. I would, I would definitely no question. I'd play Ralston in front of Awata. Absolutely no question. And I think Tony needs a run of games because he still looks a bit rusty. You know, I think he needs to play himself back into form. Uh, but he's definitely our only realistic right back at the moment for me. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little. Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/specialoffer. All lowercase. That's Shopify.com/specialoffer. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, there's a lot there. I'm going to run through my five at the back as well. Uh, some great comments coming in, John, uh, in relation to it. Sometimes I think people throw out a contrary opinion just to get a bit of traction on Twitter, by the way, John. It could be one of the ones. Um, John Hill, preseason should involve Celtic playing an island, different uh, cities. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Um, and we've got Grant Liddell coming in here as well. Have Celtic ever played Napoli? Just from memory, we did play them in a preseason friendly in the 1990s, Grant. We definitely did play Napoli uh, over, was it in Ireland, actually? I'd need to check that. Uh, but we definitely did play Napoli back in the day. I remember going through Neely Mockin's jersey collection and he had swapped the jersey with the Napoli kit man and it was in the bag as well. Um, happy suicidal. Tiago and Noroki are definitely competing for first 11 places. Well, we'll be talking about that. I think um, particularly home played really well. Last night, I thought he, he put a good account of himself across. And Ian Laurie has Patrick been playing Ozzy Osbourne records backwards. Um, you can try it with uh, some of the songs on the White Album first, Patrick. I know if you're anything like Declan, you'll like the Beatles uh, for the Paul is Dead uh, messages that are on there as well. And Alan Woods, right on my street, my era, home top is inspired by the 80s sci fi series V. John, you remember that? I loved that show. It was, it was actually rebooted not so long ago. Oh, was uh, it? Yeah, yeah. It was. In, I can't remember if it was the late two thousands or into the teens, but it, it was rebooted. They had, uh, I think, one or two series of it. It was actually a good show. I am going to seek it out. It was Robert England who was more fav- famous for playing Freddy Krueger. You never know what the Axon Bulletin is going to throw up, but you started it, Patrick. <laughs> Patrick started it by saying that the Green Hoops were inspired by the lizard people. Uh, right, so back five for me. I'm, I'm going to go for Joe Hart. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm disagreeing with the pair of you there. Aren't I? I'm going to go for Joe Hart. Um I think Segrist at the time seemed like the right choice to bring in a goalkeeper for a backup. A year down the line, he's played two games, even last night, a wee bit rusty. Although the, the misplaced pass that he made, I'll come back to this. I think the, that defensive area of the midfield was really poor in the first half. It just did not cover the back four at all. Um, it was really poor. It was the wrong choice, of course. We never realised until the game kicked off uh, that Quan didn't seem comfortable in there. McGregor then reverted back to his usual role and then obviously the pair of them were hooked at halftime. I'm going to start with Hart. I, I am playing it a bit safe here, I've got to say. Uh, right back, I would always go with the player. Like you say, John, I would always go with the player who's natural to the position. Awata, for me, looks really comfortable defensive mid. I don't like him at centre-half. I don't like him at right back as much as I like a natural player like Tony. And like you say, Tony needs that run of games. Um, he had an injury last season, never quite got back up to pace, up to speed. But there was a few occasions last night where he's doing his overlaps and he's, he's linking up with the right winger. And I'm thinking, that's a Tony of old, but he needs the games to get up to there. Left back, I'm, I'm tempted. 
I think Burnaby's done well. He's started to play himself into the, the thought process. I'm going to play it safe and stick with uh, Greg Taylor at this moment in time. But I think what Burnaby's done is he's shown you that, you know, he's maybe a wee bit closer to a first-team jersey than he was last season. But I agree with John again, goalkeeper and left-back, two positions I want to strengthen. Um, and John, it would really disappoint me if Starfield is on you know, on his way out because I just feel that yeah. we brought in Novrosky and we, we want that challenge for that jersey. It would really disappoint me if one of them was to leave. And of course, Carter Vickers back last night, you could see his frustration a few times because he wasn't getting the cover. He wasn't being protected by his two defensive mids in the first half. Um, back in the game, throwing himself into challenges. Welcome back, the big fella. So, not a great amount of uh, disagreement, but I would go Hart, Ralston, Taylor, Starfelt, and Carter Vickers. That's who I would start. Yeah. It's interesting, though, isn't it, that he wasn't getting that cover despite the fact we did have Mm-hmm. effectively a, a double pivot and, and he, he got the cover when we started playing just simply far more attacking football yeah. uh, you know because then they were on the back foot and with the, the, the extra defensive players you're, you're looking at you know effectively inviting them onto you now what I would say is Quan he really illustrated how uh, small our team is because he stood out so much he did. you know because he's six foot three uh, and he looked like a giant um, it just shows you how small our team is. Um, but I was disappointed for the boy. Uh, but that's a massive step up. He's been playing in, uh, you know, sort of K2. He's been playing in the Korean second division. Mm-hmm. And he's just all of a sudden, he's now up to playing sort of La Liga standard, standard uh, teams uh, in his first game. And he was given a real uh, prominent role in that. So he didn't look up to speed at all, but clearly has all the physical attributes that you'd want. Um, so, I, you know, I, you can see what he was trying to do a lot of the time. It just wasn't coming off from, I'm prepared absolutely to give him a bye ball uh, because he's just settling in. Uh, so I, I think he looks like he could be tremendous because um, he's got that dig. You know, he looked as if he, he could have a decent pass on him. He just didn't have a great game. Um, and that's fine. Like, it's a, you know, pre-season, that's unfortunate. But, um, you know, I was very interested in, uh, you know, I, again, here's a question for you. I know we'll, we might get there if we don't run out of time. So just before we run out of time, just going to ask you, what position does O play? I'll tell you, you know, you know last night, John, last night when he was coming deep and he was linking play up and there was a cross-field pass that he made to Yang, which yeah. was the, the pass of the, the night. And yeah. you're, you're thinking to yourself, because we have played him as a, you know, a, a figurehead, a, you know, the, the sole striker, the lone striker. But last night, I was. That's probably the most impressed I've been with him last night. He seemed to be playing a wee bit deeper. I, I mean, he was great. But he wasn't the striker. No, he was. He was. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was almost like a ten roll. Almost, he was playing. He, he was coming very deep to the, to the detriment of the team, to be honest, because we didn't have uh, anyone up there. But you know, it might have been to the detriment of the team to, to, to the extent we didn't have a striker, but in terms of the actual play itself, I mean, he, he played really, really well, but, mm. you know, that's not his job. Where, you know, where was he the, playing? Exactly. You want him in the team. You know, he was playing in the midfield, you know, or he was playing on the wing. Now, he was a winger, uh, you know, before we got him. He had played uh, primarily, I think, on the wing. Uh, so he was a winger. So maybe that's something to look at. He doesn't look fast, though, uh, at all. Um, you know, but he did. He physically held off a boy last night who was faster than him and managed to win the corner. So, um, you know, he, he just looks 
really very good. He's, he's he's obviously got a range of passing on him. He's mm-hmm. strong. Um, you know, he gets in good positions, but he doesn't get in good positions. You know, between the goals. Uh, so. Yeah, that said, he did. Uh, I mean, he got on to it was Ralston's, wasn't it, for the with the third goal? So mm-hmm. he got on to Ralston's cross, cut it back for uh, Turnbull. Uh, but he, need, he needs, for me, he needs to be playing far more uh, advanced, um, and uh, I think it needs to be more defined for him as to where he should be playing. Uh, because if we're going to play on the counter attack, you, you know, you can't play on the counter attack unless you've got an out ball. Uh, and a realistic target to which I think he'd be very good uh, so it's just it's sort of confusing he looks to be a good player I just don't know if he's a great striker at this point mm-hmm. but you know his his change his uh, you know performance last night I'm thinking he might be one of the players John that you see the, the version 2 in the second season I think we've seen a wee bit of that with O'Reilly and we've seen a wee bit of it with Latati and we might see you know, something similar with a player like O under the watchful eye Brennan Rogers. There was moments in the game where, like you say, he was picking the ball up in the midfield, you know, taking it on, creating space. That that pass was phenomenal. And he was so unselfish. I expected him to try and get a shot when Ralston played him in. He was so unselfish. And that cut back to Turnbull was sensational. Brilliant bit of play. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the midfield then, because we had a real, a really good discussion a few weeks ago, John, about the strongest mid. And you did a, a vote, you did a poll on your Twitter page and things like that. Has that changed for you, John? Um, what's the what's the starting three on Saturday for you? Uh, well, I think um, O'Reilly showed last night that he should be playing. Um, I think Callum had um, again an off night. I think the game was sort of passing him by just because of that switching positions. Uh, it didn't really work out for him. But we're not going to drop Callum. Uh, so Callum will play O'Reilly put his hand up for me and as it stands right now I'd play Turnbull uh, and not Tatati See this is going to be this is going to be a difficult choice John isn't it I thought you're right see if it was just on form I think uh, Young Home was very good last night I thought Turnbull for the last couple of games has like you say claimed his his place Uh, the two that I wouldn't argue with is McGregor and and O'Reilly but that third jersey is up for grabs for you Patrick um, for the season it definitely is I think for Saturday I'm giving it to Turnbull um, I'm agreeing with John but I agree with you as well home I thought looked very good in that second half and if you're going in form alone you're dropping Callum McGregor but we all know that's not going to happen so um, I'd be going with McGregor O'Reilly and Turnbull as well Yeah there we go Hatati, the, the guy that I'm putting on a pedestal here um, and we know he's got undoubted talent will he start against Ross County um, we shall see and up top Again, I'm taking it for granted because this is the way I would start. I thought Yang put in a really good performance. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. I would start with Abada on the right, Maeda on the left, Kyogo through the middle. John, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, and I thought it was interesting in Yang's, was it the, the first game, was it the Wolves game? He, I think, um, you know, he, he was trying to do a couple of things, but at one point he just got bounced straight off the ball, lost the ball, and then just got bounced straight off it. Um I think he, he will take some time to find his feet, but he, he looks to have the quality. Uh, he looks pretty good so far. Uh, but again, uh, you know, uh, I, there's no question. The front three is literally no question for me at this point. Um, you know, Maeda has been super, just really 
excellent uh, and showing far more to his game, I think, than he showed last year. Kyogo has been incredibly sharp. He looks at he, you know, even when Kyogo's dropping deep, he's he's playing some really good football, really good football. Mm-hmm. Um, Abada looks uh, tremendously sharp and fit and aggressive and looks to have an incredible appetite for it at the moment. He's at firing on all cylinders. So, you know, for me, the front three is an absolute given. It's the only area of the team that I don't think there's any dispute about. Um, but, you know, again, that said, it's going to be fascinating to see if Abada, if he can still produce that when he comes up against the park bus that we always come up against. Yeah, you're right. I mean, a big yeah, kind of feature of the play is being able to get in behind uh, the back line, John, in this pre-season. And you do ask yourself the question because Malky Mackay has got to do that. That's what he's got to do or, or we could beat them 5 or 6 nothing. We showed it last season. We can we can dismantle teams 9-0, 6-0. And that's what we can do if uh, they don't defend. So, yes, how will he be affected by that? And how will Brennan Rodgers use the wingers differently to the way Ange Postacoglu used his wingers? Patrick McGilp, give me your forward line for Saturday as well. Uh, I'm going to be really boring and agree with the both of you. Um, Abada, <laughs> Kyogo and Maeda. Um, I think all three have been phenomenal in pre-season. Um, you know, look really sharp. I agree with John, actually. You know, Kyogo uh, looks a lot better on the ball. He looks a lot better sort of dropping back. Um, you know, under Angie was largely staying in the penalty box and, you know, scored goals. And he was obviously really good at that. His movement was incredible. And his movement is still incredible and he's still really, really quick. Great at uh, pressing defenders and goalkeepers, but I thought um, I thought in the Wolves game on Saturday in particular, it looked really quite good in the ball, um, and you know hopefully that's something that Brendan's working on because we've lost a guy in Jota who was really good in the ball, and I I, I didn't think Kyogo bad in my head, you know oh, very quick, very good at scoring goals, very good at setting each other up. Uh, I didn't think we were ball carriers, um, and I thought that we were maybe missing something, but. You know, all is looking very well so far. Um, you know, players are looking top form. And, uh, you know, I was thinking last night, it's exactly seven weeks until our first Champions League match day. So, um, you know, seven weeks to get prepared. And obviously big games before that. A big game on Saturday, a big game beginning of September. But, um, aye, that'd be my front three. Kyogo, Maeda, Abada. No many disagreements today, John. It's disappointing for a wedding. Well, I mean, it's interesting. I was just I was thinking back to if you, if you remember the film Moneyball, uh, and they sold uh, uh, the, the best player by a country mile, and the the scouts just wanted to replace him with you know a similar quality guy. They just didn't have the money to do it, uh, and so they recreated him in the sum of his parts. So they recreated all the bits and pieces that he could do and they recreated them in the whole of the team by recruiting a whole load of guys that could do, you know, one thing that he could do or another thing that he could do. So you just wonder uh, if we're going to be able to do that with Jota. Uh, now, I'm hoping, though, I still hope that we're going to have more uh, sort of obvious fucking picks uh, coming in uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I hold out hope that that's the case before it matters. So we, we only got CCV and Jota on, on the last day of the season, didn't we? Uh, before, or certainly CCV was the last day of the season. Uh, but guys like that, those deals, those loan deals, uh, you know, where we get to see them for as well, loan with an option to buy, I'm happy all day with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be interesting. Um, and that, 
Tierney um, rumour is not going away. Initially, it would only be as a, a loan, and then there might be some jiggery pokery about an option to buy, but um, it's still not going away. And I think Brendan might be keen to, as Patrick said right at the start, get the band back together. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, th- there's a lot of exciting uh, new players coming in there. But the thing about it is, you know, exciting at what level? Because they're still going to have to bed in. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still going to have to find their feet. We're going to still going to have to find a formation. And we're doing all this while we want to be competitive in the Champions League, not just trying to find our feet in the in the SPFL. Uh, so, you know, I, I would prefer to see, so you know, a goalkeeper right back and a midfielder um, at the very least uh, coming in uh, to shore us up. Well... Kieran Tierney. I wonder if he would shoot the lizard strip, Patrick. We shall wait and see. Um, <laughs> Corvo, NUFC, Abada, when he came on, looked sharp. He will be on real player. I think so. I, I do. I think this is the season for Abada to really shine. Uh, I think he's got the, the right coach to do that as well. Paul McQuaid, he still thinks we're well short of quality for Europe. Well, only seven weeks to go, Paul. And um, hopefully a few bodies in the door before the transfer window slams shut. Mo Sislak likes the idea of the murals around the stadium. Perfect. I'm happy to paint one. Not sure how it will turn out like. Um, and Ian Laurie, Fergus and his bonnet should be standing out the front. Listen, I think there's an argument for quite a few figures in the, the club's history. You know, John Thompson, for example, and Jimmy McGrory, yeah. these types of players. It'd be great to see some kind of lasting tribute outside the stadium, John, for guys like that. Yeah, I mean, how expensive is it to throw up a statue of these guys? You know, it's not, you know, there should be, there are so many important figures in our history, um, you know, that we, you know, there, there should definitely be, you know, statues or tributes or, um, you know, similar to so many of these guys. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not biased. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm not saying, you know, who it should be. Uh, and I definitely wouldn't want to, you know, imply, uh, you know, but uh, th- there should definitely be, for, for some of these people, there should be a lot more uh, done. Um, now, I know that they were sort of hesitant to do the, uh, the Lisbon Lions thing because they don't want to make the club entirely about the Lisbon Lions and all that, and I can understand that. Um, but, again, even, even the stuff they had up around, the, the banners they had up around the stadium before with the players on them, Mm. Uh, were excellent and now they've just reverted to this sort of Celtic branding yeah kind of corporate you know. John it looks corporate doesn't yeah. it Yeah, it does yeah no I didn't like them taking those down I thought those banners were fantastic and they, they explained a lot about the legends of the club mm-hmm. uh, you know I, and uh, obviously I'm biased uh, you know because some of them come down <laughs> um, uh, there was a couple that I particularly liked so you know I, I'm biased but look the club could do a lot more. It's just about, you know, focus and money and everyone's got jobs to do and it's finding the time and getting the permission and all the rest of it. But there could be a lot more done. And as you say, uh, right at the second, Paul John, the stadium should be a destination. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the most visited stadiums in the in, in the UK already, but it, it, it's not set up like that. There no. should be a cafe there that's open all the time. You know, there should be access to that all the time. You know, there should be, uh, you know, we interactive things all around it. There should be things for kids to do. There should be a reason to take people there. You know, and they certainly could be, and it it wouldn't be, we already own the land, you know. It's not as if, you know, it would be a big investment. I think uh, the club could do an awful lot more right on its own doorstep 
No, definitely. And, uh, you know, we'll keep banging on about it on a Celtic state of mind, John. Um, ideas, creative ideas are always welcome. And um, if we're ever, yeah, where is the hotel? I can see Derek uh, asking that question as well. There's loads we could do with that, land. And uh, if we ever get the opportunity to pass the ideas onto the club, then we'll certainly do it. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Well over a thousand on the live stream this afternoon, gentlemen, which is fantastic. Thank you very much for getting involved. Um, you'll never get to like this jersey if you keep calling it the Lizard Strip. You're right, Tobago <laughs> Street Police Station, CSC. I still want to know how many members are there in the Tobago Street Police Station, CSC? Honestly, I want a polo shirt. I want the full shebang. On your CSC, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm, you know, it does look better in in a live setting. It does, but that's probably because my sight's so bad that I can't see the lizard uh, sh- shape and design of the hoops. Thanks everybody for getting involved. We're doing a wee gig in three and a half weeks' time. There's only forty tickets available. It's Charlie Mulgrew and Aidan McGeady. And what we're doing at the moment as well is we're uh, we're collecting up Celtic jerseys, replica jerseys. We're getting them signed by all these ex-Celts, all these figures that we are privileged to be in the presence of from time to time. And then once the jerseys filled up, we're going to be auctioning them off for charity and at the moment we are supporting um, we Jamie Tierney the link is underneath the video and also we are also raising funds for the birthplace of the club St Mary's as well so yeah, listen if you've got any other ideas of fundraising etc pass them our way all that's left for me to say is once again Patrick McGill and John Hughes thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.